Welcome to the Gem Revealed podcast, where together we discover your soulmate. This is a weekly series of powerful conversations with expert speakers, thought leaders, and relationship coaches talking through the victories and villains that weave their way into our most significant relationships. Please join me, Janine Moniz, founder of Gem Revealed Matchmaking, to learn the raw truth regarding the pitfalls and plateaus of dating in today's society. We will have open and transparent conversations surrounding the staggering facts that one out of every two marriages fail. Let's stop this insanity and learn how to date smarter. Learn how a healthy relationship starts with you. What do you need to do differently to build the right foundation for your relationship? Hello, Gem Revealed listeners. It is so awesome to be here. Thank you for tuning in for another week of Gem Revealed Self Mastery to Soulmate. It is my absolute commitment to make sure that every week I bring you a guest speaker that is going to add so much value to your life and to your relationships. And once again, this week, I believe that we hit it out of the ballpark. I have a friend with me today. Her name is Kelly Calabrese. She was introduced to me by um, a very good friend. And she said, you have to connect with Kelly. You guys have to talk. And sure enough, I picked up the phone, Kelly and I started chatting, and boy, did we find out that there was so much that we had in common, so much alignment, um, so much in, in, on that road ahead of us, and our beliefs are so um, intertwined. So what an honor and a privilege to have her as a guest on our show today. And what's even cooler, uh, I would share as my love for her, is finding out that she was just a sister in my faith and that made our bond even closer. So that was super cool. But Kelly's got a pretty big story to share with us today. She is a um, divorce recovery coach along with many other things inside of her coaching. Her company name is Intentionally fabulous. So with that being said, I'd love for Kelly to share, maybe um, to start us off by just telling us about the name of the company, who you are, what you're up to, and we'll get into some of the stories. But Kelly, thanks for coming. Absolutely, Janine. Thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled and honored and happy to be here. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. Yeah, so I don't think anyone starts out saying, I want to be a divorce coach. <laughs> you know, I never wanted this to be my story in a million years. I didn't think this would be my story. In fact, I have books on being a mompreneur that are best selling. I was all about family, it was my whole world, but out of the pain comes purpose, and here I am. So it was on my own journey of really looking for healing and understanding that I took a good two and a half years sabbatical to really dive into this season of life that affects more than half of all first marriages and the numbers go up even more for second and third marriages. And what you realize is we take the same self, only more hurt and more broken and we bring it to that next relationship. So I really just got committed to helping women get unstuck, you know, to, to understand the grief cycle was something that I studied and my heart just really bleeds for them to get out of the sadness, the bitterness, the depression, the confusion, the 
anger, you know, everything that goes along with this season of divorce, because I can tell you now being on the other side, you can be intentionally fabulous, but you do need to be intentional about it. Um, and fabulous is about being more than you ever dreamed, more than you could ask, think, or imagine before. I promise you that you can be better than that, not only after a relationship breakup or a marriage breakup, but really any trauma in life, you can take that and learn from it and be better from it. Yeah. So, you know, what I'm so excited and captivated by is that I don't really know a, a bunch about the programs that you're going to be talking about today. But what I know, what I keep hearing and validating is the fact that there's so much alignment. Like we both understand that the marriages are really broken today. If one out of every two marriages are failing as a society and a culture, how is it that we are allowing this? And what do we need to do to stop that statistic because it's chaotic, right? So understanding that is just looking upstream and how do we figure out how to build better relationships? And then in your purpose is really healing um, women when they go through this trauma. And um, it's so needed. It's so needed right now. It totally is. And how many people are in such unhappy marriages besides the ones that are, you know, whether you say courageous enough to divorce or got blindsided by a divorce, however it was agreeable, however it happened, there's so many that stay just limping along miserably and even worse in abusive marriages. So yeah, it starts with us. One of the things I realized that was healing to me was I can't change anyone and I am not anyone's savior. So just like your podcast here, it's self-mastery <laughs> to get to the soul mate. So it's who you are that determines what you're going to attract. So if you're down low level, victim, abusive, low worth, that's what you're going to attract versus if you're vibrating on these higher levels of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, all these best fruits that we can have of life then that's what you're going to attract. So it's about mastering yourself from a soul, mind, body perspective to attract someone who is, you know, equally yoked, like-minded, like-spirited. Yeah, you know, as I'm listening, my, my heart just constantly breaks because I'm, I'm sure you're always around the circle of women and men as, and men as well, right? But it's heartbreaking to see how much we put into our careers and reading so many books about, you know, even researching a college for our children, right? We put so much into it, but really who's teaching us about how to be in a relationship when it's the most important relationship of our lives is our spouse, our partner, our falling into love and how to really, what the expectations are. Where does that due diligence come from? And unfortunately, what I see, I'm sure you see it as well, is it really only comes after we hit this wall and there's so much pain and fire around us. And then we, we start and, and we start looking to figure out how to become the best version of ourselves. And it's, you know, how much later on in life. So I love that, um, you know, our message and your message particularly is for opening our eyes now, really. How do we get better now? How do we be intentionally fabulous now? That's right, because we can't change anything that's already happened, but 
we can renew our minds to the past and look to the lessons there and release the trauma there because most of what we learned in those formative years were from our parents and they were two imperfect people who came together, you know, just like we did with our spouse with different backgrounds, different beliefs, different cultures. And, you know, they did the best that they could. And that's what we learned from. And hopefully it was a great example, but there's a good chance that it wasn't because no one is perfect. We all fall short. And our spouse, as you said, we spend so much investing in our career and our kids. And most of the times our spouse not only gets the last of us, what's left of us, but the worst of us. And it's because they're supposed to be the one for better or for worse, till death do us part and sickness and in health. They're the one that's supposed to you know, be able to handle the worst of us. And we just give it all to them sometimes. And they're just possibly in survival mode themselves. Right. So that's why it's so important that everyone becomes response able. They're able to respond and be responsible for themselves. And then of course, come together with a partner and, and be united and work together with each other's strengths and weaknesses. But we absolutely have to be intentional. Most of what we do after the age of 35 is habitual. Most yeah. of it. 95%. I mean, when's the last time you thought about washing your hair? I mean, you just do it. And most of us are so routine, especially we're recording this during COVID where we're in our homes and talk about stuck in routine. So we just learn these bad habits a lot of times out of boredom. We learn our behaviors a lot of times out of bad habits and boredom. So it's up to us to really be intentional about leveling up and pick one place to do it. And if relationships is the garden that you need to nurture, that's probably why you're dialing in here, then start with yourself and figuring out what are my strengths? What, are, what am I good at? What brings me joy? What can I bring to the relationship? And then find out what the other person's strengths are. And what I can tell you, if you don't know any of those answers is what everyone wants is unconditional love. And the number one need for a woman is security. And the number one need for a man is respect. And if you can just figure out those things, a woman wants to feel secure, a man wants to be respected, then that's a great starting place. And you can also see how that could be a place to downward spiral really quickly because if a man makes a woman feel insecure, she's gonna not be able to respect him. And then when he doesn't feel respected, he's going to start doing things that are a little wild or rebellious or make her feel insecure. And then that vicious downward spiral starts. Uh, doesn't mean anything can't be repaired. We've, we've seen, you know, some of the worst cases of, you know, adultery, abuse, where it can be repaired. But just hopefully being aware of that, that everyone wants to be loved for who they are where they are with all their flaws and either feel secure or respected. Yeah, I love that you said that. And that's that I cannot agree with you more on how much you know women strive for that stability and security and men need that respect. So a hundred percent. And I love what what you're saying that I hold near and dear and talk about it quite often is being proactive, right? Don't live this reactive lifestyle. Don't be stuck in your bad habits. Paint the picture. Really connect yourself with the picture of what type of life would you like to have and what do you need to do to achieve it? And 
just work with a qualified coach to help get you there. But before we jump to what that beautiful vision could look like, and everyone out there absolutely can create the life that they like, right? We know that it takes intentionality and to be proactive. But before we go there, what I would love is, Kelly, you shared a um, pretty raw story with me, um, your own life. And I think um, our, what our readers, uh, what our listeners would really love to hear is, Walk us through that journey. Take us through that pain and definitely walk through some of the emotional capital that that went through because what's sitting in front of me is this gorgeous woman with a beautiful backdrop that it could really make a listener feel like, you know, I'm not connecting with this. So just walk us through what it took to get you in that spot that you're in now that earned you the right to really speak to all of us. Right. Oh, yes. Thank you. And I'm happy to share. Always want to be vulnerable and real because that's the only way that people are going to connect um, so I knew early on that I wanted to be in the health profession. I wanted to be a health coach. I decided that literally when I was 13 years old, I wrote it in my journal. And so I went on to get three college degrees and I met my husband when I was 22 and he was 33. I had finished three degrees. I was working in my industry. I had money saved in the bank. I was just kind of wired as a super achiever, first born in New York to hardworking parents. And it's just how God wired me, I, that's my number one strength is to achieve. And he was 33, recently divorced, recently bankrupt, recently foreclosed on, he owed money to the IRS, he owed money all over town, he was living with a woman and his business was a broken down limousine and he hadn't filed taxes in years. And I said, this is the man for me, I can fix this. <laughs> Wait, you need to really just, you need to just stop right there, right? How many of us women get attracted to that. Like, as you're saying it, my skin is crawling, but yeah. yet we, why do we do that? And we'll come back to that. But I want to just stop everybody and recognize the gorgeous woman in front of us who is the super overachiever is sideswiped and now somehow or another completely captivated by this gentleman that she just outlined that is really not somebody you want to bring home to mommy and daddy. Right. <laughs> I was the only girl and the oldest and the first one in my family had been to college and, you know, they were so proud of me. I'd just graduated. And, you know, here I bring this man home who's, you know, literally financially in so much debt, which I didn't know everything in the beginning. And, you know, narcissists will strike really quickly. So a week into dating, he said, my intention is to marry you. Within two months, I bought my own engagement ring. And within a year, we were married. So, it happened really quickly and I bought him two cars before we were married and then I bought him, I bought our home and I paid for our honeymoon and so 26 years of being a super enabler and him, he had 26 jobs in 26 years so could never talk about no security. And so, yeah, it's someone you could never trust, but I still held on. I still believed in him, even though I was defeated, even though I was discouraged. And I'll say too that you need to own your part in it. It's never 100% one person and 0% the other. But I really got in my own ditch because he was so irresponsible and he was so foolish. I became hyper responsible and super intense and no fun. So he was, you know, fun dad and I was dis disciplined mom. And, and that was no fun. So you wind up getting in this this rut. And so I could understand how he didn't want to come home anymore to me because I wasn't fun. I was amped up and stressed out. And we had a fat lifestyle because I was a super achiever. I was top of my industry. And 
Um, so he got to a point where he just felt like he was never going to measure up and be the husband that I wanted, even though I asked so little of him. So he came home after 25 years and said, my commitment to our marriage is zero. And he left and it completely blindsided me, even though, you know, it's a slow fade. I just thought he will always love me. And you know, our kids are going into their junior and senior year in high school. Once they're off, we're going to start to plan the next season of our life. And that's how I was thinking. But the person who asked for the divorce has been already thinking about it for two years. So they have a tremendous jump start on the person who's blindsided if it happens that way for you. So he went off and just, you know, got an apartment and within, you know, a month of our divorce was re-engaged and remarried a few months later where I was in the fetal position, just having panic attacks for the first time in my life and, you know, having to sell the home and deal with two kids whose hearts were broken and a whole bunch of just unreasonable life events that just stacked on top of each other from car accidents to health issues to sick animals to, I mean, it was like every day something else was going on, including professionally, things were falling apart because my brain wasn't working. And so it was a lot. And then, you know, my kids having to accept this whole new family that he got remarried and had, you know, they had step siblings and he had a grandson. And I mean, they were just raised in this luxury, beautiful home in a million dollar community. And now, you know, he moved into some woman's house. So it was a lot, it was a lot. And that age, any age is going to be tough, but you know, that was the age where they were starting to have boyfriends and get their licenses and, you know, get little jobs and apply for college. And so they're trying to figure out their own footing. And so it was a challenge. And what I didn't know was that the strongest parent is the one who's going to get the worst of them and really be tested. So that was me. And um, it was difficult. I mean, they were very rejecting and that was hard because the one who's left obviously feels very rejected. And then to have your children rejecting you because they're trying to understand. Um, and then the one who leaves, they feel you know guilt and shame for breaking up the family. So if you were the one who left, that might be what you need to work on. And if you're the one who was left, rejection is probably something you need to work through, which I did. Um, so fast forward to now, it, I was super intentional about healing and I did everything I could. I went to Bible studies. I went to divorce recovery. I went to retreats. I went to counseling. I went to the healing place. I was at prophetic conferences, listening to sermons, worship music all day long because I was determined. And it took a lot of quiet time, a lot of wise friends, um, and just a lot of, you know, meditation and, and just getting alone with God and having support to so, get through it. Um, so I love how authentic you are and talk about transparency and being real. But before we jump to healing and then jump to maybe some of your programs that are, you know, incredibly healing and creates intentional fabulousness. Um, can I can I jump back to one piece? And I'm not sure if you're prepared to speak on it or if we want to open that up or if it's just too much of a deep um, abyss here. But what I'm curious about is again, you know, people are looking at this so they could see this gorgeous woman, right? I mean you're you're you are fabulously beautiful. And now on top of it, what we understand is that you're not only beautiful, um, but that you are incredibly uh, successful, that you have this incredible industry, you're leading the industry, uh, and you were financially secure. 
So with that picture, the picture that we have here is truth, but yet you're connected to this guy who you're doing, you're really the one supporting him all. He's really not responsible. He's not taking any responsibility. He's not really fulfilling the role. And yet you're the one who's staying with him and really loving him and blindsided when he leaves, when he's really the leech. So is there anything in there that you can say, and, and I hate to make it so clear, but that you realize in you, what kept you there? Like, what was it inside of you that allowed yourself to stay in such an unhealthy place? And I think that piece, some of our listeners might be able to gravitate to and understand a little bit better. Like, I can't stand, I cannot believe that somebody like you, who's brilliant, beautiful, gorgeous, successful, is hanging out with this, we'll call him a bum, for lack of a better word. And he has his reasons. Let's, I don't want to put him down. I don't know him. He's probably, you know, great guy, but a bum. Okay. How is that possible? Tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, you have to really dig down to the root and ask why, 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 you know, at least seven or eight whys to really get to the bottom. And, you know, I did a lot of deliverance sessions as well. And so that spirit of unworthiness was really heavy on me. When I go back to my parents who are wonderful, married for 50 years, together for 60 years, amazing. Um, you know, they loved each other. Hardworking was something that was just always spoken over us. I was an inner value. You just always work hard and you don't quit. So quitting my marriage was not an option. And every, I've been a huge personal development person Every journal that I have, the first page starts out with, I'm going to have a great marriage. Every vision board I have has a great marriage. Like it was so important to me and so valuable to me. I bought us coaching, signed us up for marriage conferences. I mean, I did as much as you could do doing your part to make the marriage a priority and valuable and important to me. Um, and he was just, you know, Mr. Fun, funny guy. And um, we were not matched at all, not intellectually, not physically. I mean, he was a hundred pounds overweight for most of our marriage. And here I am one of the top fitness professionals in the country. So we were just not matched, but we did love each other. And we had two amazing kids and neither one of us really had a lot of divorce in the family. I mean, he had much more than me, but um, so I just didn't even consider it. I just thought he would always love me, but it was the unworthiness. I think when I look at it, that my dad grew up in orphanages and foster care. So he had that orphan unworthy spirit. My mom was the youngest of three, but by a lot, by 15 years and 20 years for her siblings. So her parents actually wanted to abort her. And she grew up knowing that her parents didn't want her, even though, you know, she was loved, she was kind of an afterthought and they were almost retired and they would, you know, kind of leave her and family and they would go off and do their thing. And so you have two people who felt abandoned, unworthy, orphaned. It's generational, you know, it just gets passed down. So I never wanted to, you know, create any kind of chaos or be, um, you know, and just always kind of played it small. Like he would yell or get loud or whatever. And I just go in my office and I'd find a way to make more money or, you know, I just dive into my work. And so I just never even considered divorce or leaving. I did what I could to try and help him change, but he didn't want to be changed. So I just worked on me and my family. So that unworthiness, if I were to, you know, be as transparent and clear as possible, that unworthiness didn't even allow you the ability to um, really engage in love, like to really make sure that you were feeling love from him. So even though there had to be this incredible lost lack of feeling of love, 
that unworthiness was still driving the ship. Definitely. It is a huge spirit. Unworthiness is that a really heavy spirit that I believe a lot of women have. And now that I've counseled so many women, I hear them say, I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy. So it's definitely, I'm sure men have it too, but I am just so, um, you know, shocked at how many women carry that same heavy spirit of unworthiness. And now I hang out with a lot of women who are not afraid to ask for what they want, not to say no. And, and so I've learned to do that now and do it with courage and confidence where before I was like a martyr. I was always just suffering, always the one who was literally, I would get him custom suits and my kids would have the best of the best and I would go to the consignment store. And they would all had new cars and I drove the oldest car. They'd all have new phones and I would have like the leftover phone. And, you know, looking back now that, I mean, it's just ridiculous that I did that, but I just always put them first and put myself last. So I think the reason why I wanted to go back there and I thank you for that. Thank you for really just putting that on the table and setting that up for us. I think before we really talk about what it looks like to move forward and to find that um, that pleasure and to really strive for it, I think we need to sit in the pain a little bit. And by you sharing what you did, I think so many people are going to be able to connect to that and how many women are really suffering from that, maybe not even realizing it. And there's somebody listening right now that's so identifying with every word you just said. So that was the reason why I wanted to go back and just maybe sit there a little longer. So thank you so much. But we know that, you know, now we're fast forwarding again and here you are and you are living um, an incredible life now. Now I'm not saying that that past isn't painful, but it really has pushed you towards your purpose. And I'd love to hear about what now, what has Kelly done now to redesign, repurpose her life to become the best version of herself and to help others get there as well. Yes. Yeah. If you would have ever told me, you know, three years ago that I could, you know, in an interview say, I'm glad my divorce happened, I wouldn't have believed you in a million years. I mean, I suffered through the, you know, the post breakup. I mean, really just there'd be three days in a row where I would just cry. And a lot of it had, it really had to first start with my identity. My identity was so in being a wife and being a mom in the neighborhood I lived in, you know, just all these things of the world. And that all got stripped away in a moment and it emptied me out and it made me really connect my identity directly to God that anything else is temporary. And so once I realized my identity, it was like nothing else really mattered. I am totally fine being alone. In fact, being alone is really amazing. I mean, it's been three years for me. I have not dated. You know, I'm just I have zero anxiety about that. I know that I won't be alone forever, but I'm just so good with just being me and being healed that even COVID, it just doesn't affect me. Of course, I love my girlfriends. I love to be out but I'm totally fine because I did the deep inner work and I love that. Um, the second part of the, the inner healing was really the forgiveness. And this was the last part for me. Um, it just took a while. And I've, I've read a book called Forgiving Forward. And that was really the last piece of healing for me. And I'll give you the cliff notes, which is the highest form of forgiving is to forgive and bless someone in the area that they hurt you. 
So I can say with complete genuineness that I bless my ex-husband and his new wife. I hope they live happily ever after. I hope they complete each other. I mean, not a bitter root at all in my soul. I hope they're both thrilled and they found each other and really want nothing but the best for them. No ill feelings whatsoever. And that was so freeing. The hardest thing even before that was to forgive myself because so it felt like such a failure. I feel like the biggest failure ever. I mean, I sat for days and cried over giving myself permission to forgive myself. And, you know, ultimately it's why, why did Jesus even come if I'm not going to forgive myself and other people? So it was a process, but it was beautifully freeing and healing. So again, I, I have to stop and ask these bigger questions. You know, many women might be listening to you and what I can see, uh, you know, their husband walking out the door, meeting somebody younger, leaving her despair, you know, barely making it financially. And now you're asking them to forgive their husband and not only forgive them, but have these visions of grandeur for them that they would be, you know, completely in love. Now I can, can, can fully connect to that just from my faith and having an ex-husband that I wish nothing more for and we finally got to this place of such great communication i'm so grateful i am so grateful he's got more children i'm i'm like just couldn't want any more for his children but that comes strictly from my faith so what i would ask of you and this is raw and it's real we've unscripted so is it possible without faith to ask women to ask men this isn't a man woman thing that just to ask anyone to forgive and then have these beautiful thoughts and visions and, and blessings for them when you don't really have a faith connection. Just talk me through that a little bit. How would you, and I guess it would have to go into your program as well, because we would have to understand what, you know, is this faith-based only? Are you actually telling women that they have to forgive? So just walk us through that messy feeling because that's a lot. Well, it's, a I'll lot. say it's a truth based program. So you, okay. when you can line things up with truth, then you can actually have an understanding that makes sense. Like if what you're doing isn't working for you, then you have to go, okay, where's the lie? There's something that I'm believing that isn't correct. And so if there's something that's more correct, that's going to help me be well, I want to understand the truth so that I can line up with that. And so what I did was I pre-decided that I will live as someone who is unoffendable and you don't need faith for that. So once you get to a place where you have peace and you have joy and you have love and you have light and you have peeled off all the junk, you got rid of the bitterness and you got rid of the sadness and the depression, you feel so good that it's just too expensive to give that away. So when someone cuts you off or someone you know, whatever it is that your trigger is, I just say, I forgive it. Like they're, they don't even need to ask for my forgiveness. They don't ever need to say, I'm sorry to me, but I just decided that I am going to go around living a life that I am unoffendable and I'm going to pre forgive anything that happens to me. So if someone sues me, if so, I mean, I don't know what's the worst that could happen but I already decided that I don't have a lot of time here and I don't want to waste it being mad, angry, depressed, bitter. I mean, none of it. I just don't. I want to vibrate on the highest possible levels. Uh, I laid around long enough being a victim, feeling sad, feeling like things were out of my control, feeling like my world was blown up and I'm not going to do it anymore. 
Does it mean my world's never going to blow up again? No, not at all. It can happen, you know, at any moment in every day, but it's just a decision I made about how I want to live my life. You explain that so well, and I can only imagine that if you were training it, um, that you would just take people so much deeper. And so, so fabulously done, um, you know, that it is a framework of truth and best self journey. And if you apply biblical principle to it, great. But if you peel out the biblical principle, you're still left with what's true and what's not here, what's a lie. And I really love the way that you, that you shared that. Great. So, um, so where do we go from here? So we hear the story. We know that there's more. Um, what, where do you go with this program? What, tell me about your program and what people can expect to become intentionally fabulous. Yeah, so two years ago, you know, my husband left and now I've got these two teenagers with broken hearts. I set a goal that I wanna successfully get these two kids, my children off to college. If I can do that, I will feel like, you know, I checked a box and then I can focus on the next season. But for then it was just about, you know, healing their hearts and getting them successfully set up as adults in school. And this past August 15th, I did that. I had a freshman and a sophomore dropped off at school. They had cars, cell phones, computers, tuition. They're athletes. They had everything they needed for their sports. My daughter's an equestrian. She had a horse, a truck, a trailer, everything. And I came home and I said, okay. All right, now what? (laughs) And I really felt this um, calling, this sort of a burden, a mantle on my heart to help other women because I felt like, okay, you know, I went through this and I decided to create Intentionally Fabulous to be the program that I wish that I had two years earlier when I was starting this journey. So I took the best of the best of everything I learned from healing, counseling, grief counseling, from retreats, from every different place, wise friends, personal development. And I put it into this program called Intentionally Fabulous and it's an eight week course. And so it does go over identity and forgiveness and renewing your mind and self-love, gratitude, purpose. We, We do talk about divine health because You can't separate the spirit, the mind, and the body, and your health is affected, especially when you're so stressed out. And we also talk about abundant wealth because we, that's just a part of our world here. We need wealth. We need resources. And then the last chapter is celebration and resurrection because it's not all hard work. It's about, you know, fun and joy as well. So I take them through, you know, eight weeks of the training and there's a healing guide that comes with it that each week is focused on that chapter. So the forgiveness chapter, you start out with affirmations on forgiveness and there's an audio. So you just listen to these things wash over you. You know, I am forgiven. I'm someone who forgives. I live a life where I decide to pre-forgive. And so you just listen and receive. And then there's um, a meditation where that's your time to just kind of, you know, meditate on forgiveness and and go deep with that. And then I also do a visualization where I have them imagine lying in heaven, just, you know, lay on the couch somewhere, imagine you're in heaven and you get the opportunity to ask questions up there and just go silent and see what answers you get. You will be shocked at the answers that you get. And you can do that anytime And then there's an activation, which is the work, because this doesn't just magically happen. So for example, that forgiveness chapter, you're going to write a letter to yourself, to your ex, maybe to your children, 
that you're event you might not ever give it to them you might just burn it but there's something that's so freeing and just getting it out of you and releasing it and letting it go and then the last thing is the celebration which is something that you decide you are going to reward yourself with and there's even so much learning and growth that happens in that because sometimes we don't feel worthy of a reward maybe we were the one who went out and cheated or you know, whatever our part was. And it's just getting back to the place where you could actually feel good and excited about having a reward, about having joy, about celebrating again. So that that's the basic program in a nutshell. And the women who have gone through it, it is just feeding my soul to hear their feedback and their breakthrough. And I'm, I'm just excited to share it with more people. That's amazing. And um, it's exciting to hear. It's really exciting to hear. So if the people who are listening right now or our listeners, women are listening, when is your next um, event gonna start? When does that next eight week course start? You know, here's the great news because it's all done, they can get it today. They could go to intentionallyfabulous.com right now and they start with week one immediately. And each week a new lesson is um, put into their member site and it's for life. So if you want to go back and listen to that self-love chapter again, or that abundant wealth chapter, because the biggest area of poverty in the country is single moms and 47% have a decrease in their lifestyle after divorce, only half get child support. And of those only half actually collected. So we talk about finances and wealth and abundance in there. So they have it for life, intentionallyfabulous.com. But if they're hearing this before Valentine's Day, 2021. I know that's a tough week for singles. Let, let's face it, that it can really just stink and be hard. So I have a free gift if they go to intentionallyfabulouschallenge.com. I'm interviewing three of my amazing friends that are going to help to empower you after divorce to truly get tools to transform and change. And then just start to reopen your heart to love and trust again. It is totally free. And then I also have a Facebook page, Intentionally Fabulous, where they can go and join. And that's free as well. So I want to give as much as I can. Um, the course is, you know, really reasonable. Less than therapy would be, let's just say that. So I, I do want to make it affordable for people. And they can see all the details at intentionallyfabulous.com. Excellent. I'm going to recap some of that so we know what we heard. So there is already this webinar that they can tune into once a week. Is it a once a week challenge? Yes. Once, so once a week. A, well, the challenge is going to be for three days, but the course, and the that's course February 9th, 10th, and 11th. Yes. And I'll probably record it and make it available later. If people missed it live, I will record it. But intentionallyfabulous.com, they can go there right now. They can get the course. They'll get week one right away. And then next week, they'll get week two. And that happens for eight weeks. But they have it for the life of the course. And is it a Zoom thing where they're looking at you or is it audio? Uh, it's video. So I do a video training on each topic. And then there's the Facebook group. And then they also get the healing guide, which is, it's also digital, but they can print it. So they'll get, um, for example, the affirmations, you can print them, all those I am statements. I am powerful. I am strong. I am forgiven. And there's also an audio recording so they can hear it. So this sounds, sounds too good to pass up. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm hoping that many of our female listeners have, um, you know, heard your story, recognize that you are somebody who is out there living this bold, beautiful life, but was still 
really taken back by such a devastating divorce. And it was self-worth and self-worth can show up inside of a gorgeous, beautiful, successful person. So no one's immune to it, no one. But then what do we need to do to get on that other side? And that beginning step is taking to take the step, become aware, take the step. And so many people say to me, wow, you know, you're doing the same thing, but you're promoting others. And that's because there's so many women and men in the world that need that qualified coach, that partnership, the cheerleader, the accountability partner. And there are so many. And if one person is more intrigued and captivated by your story, I want our Gemmerville listeners to come knocking at your door. They are very, they know what I do. Um, I am so um, in love with helping women really understand who they are and really helping them become the best version of themselves really educating them on what it looks like to build a long-lasting, healthy relationship. But if you're out there and you are feeling like you need divorce recovery, take the step. Take the step with Kelly. I know I'm dying to hear what that, all that great resources look and sound like and feel like. Um, so I hope that everyone takes that step that needs to. So um, Kelly, we're going to have all that in our uh, in our posts with the, the websites, the links and all that. So is there any last maybe words of encouragement, anything that you would say to our listeners just as that last, what's the last word where we can hang the period? What, what do you want to yeah, share with them? I would say the lens that I look through every day, that's the thing that I just evaluate everything I do on is letting love win. That's my guide pose. That's the most meaningful thing that I can do is just ask myself, am I letting love win in this situation? So do I need to do more of this? Do I need to do less of this? Do I need to stop something? Do I need to start something? Because that's really all we can do with our time here. So in all things, I try and make them meaningful. And it's just a simple question you can ask yourself is, am I letting love win? And let that be your guide, because I feel like that's really why we're here. I'm going to ask one last question that might be able to um, stop any limiting belief somebody might have. Um, do you have to be a faith-based believer, a faith-based person to really get the most out of your program? Can anyone of any faith really subscribe to it and really learn and heal from it. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's a truth based program. So it's based in principles that are true. And I would say there's, there's hundred percent money back guarantee with the program. So if you get in there and you feel like it, you're not connecting with it, then I will cheerfully refund all of your money. But what I'm sharing is truth. I mean, these are universal principles and if your life is not working for you, if you're stuck in anger, and maybe yours is an unworthiness, it could be whatever addiction, depression, anger, this can work for you. It is absolutely universal. It can work for every person every time when they apply it. I like to use the word, because um, again, Gemmerville very much similar and aligned is I like to say it's a proven system. So although that everything is built on a biblical principle, it doesn't matter if you peel away the biblical principle, these are proven processes they work. They work built on the foundation of truth. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So Kelly, I don't know what else to say, except this is amazing. I'm so glad that our paths cross. I am looking forward to a continuing lifetime relationship of growing and learning and watching you. And uh, I'm just so grateful and feel honored to be in your world. And for our Gem Revealed listeners, I know it's been a really great treat. And thank you for really sharing your wisdom and you're healing towards best self. I'm, I love it.
Uh, well, thank you, Janine. I love you and your heart and your ministry. Thank you for sharing and bringing this to the world. You're doing such great work and the world needs what you're sharing. They need more of your message. So be encouraged and keep going. This is awesome. Yeah, thank you. And I hope you have a great day and we will see you again soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Gem Revealed's podcast, Discover Your Soulmate. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. We really value your opinion, so please feel free to send us your question, comments, or feedback. You can email us at info at gemrevealed.com. You can also find out more about Gem Revealed services by visiting gemrevealed.com. I'll see you next time as we discover your soulmate.